Welcome to Mad Tales. Welcome back to Mad Tales. I'm James Nolan. It's summer 2022 as I record this in my not really little studio in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Before we get started, don't forget that Mungwort is out right now in a variety of formats, including ebook, paperback, hardcover, and of course, audiobook. Can't wait until next week to get to the next chapter? Don't want to wait until September to get to the end? Order Mungwort today. And now, on to the next chapter of Mungwort. This does not meet OSHA workplace safety standards. That night, Cece slept peacefully for the first time since she arrived. No weird dreams, no fungus rash, just blissful, untroubled sleep. She slept so well that when first call sounded and she opened her eyes, for a moment, she didn't exactly know where she was. Harlow was already up and pulling on her work jeans. Cece yawned and stretched her arms over her head. Her eyes fell on Iko's empty cot. Did Iko sleep here last night? Harlow pulled her shirt over her head, shook out her hair. Not my night to watch her. The only reason I'm asking is because I saw her go off with Mueller. She's not fucking Mueller. That's not what I meant. Harlow rolled her eyes as she headed for the exit. Jake's probably in the ER right now. You think he took her to the hospital? You figure it out. The morning broke overcast and humid, more humid than usual. Mosquitoes and gnats clouded the grass as Cece tromped her way to the field kitchen. She recognized this kind of weather, and for once she was grateful that she was working in the hoop house. If it didn't pour buckets at some point, it was going to remain unbearable all day. Ben greeted her with a nod as she sat down to eat breakfast. His curly hair flopped on his head like a mop. The spaces next to him where Jake and Iko usually sat were conspicuously empty. It's friggin' miserable out. Just want the storm to come already. You think they're gonna make us work hard today? <laughs> what do you think? Doesn't matter to you, I guess. You got yourself a prime position. It's a greenhouse, Ben. It's always humid in there. Well, at least you're out of the sun. Don't pretend it's not easier. I'm not. It's just as hot as all I'm saying. Yeah, right. A regular jungle in there. That's the idea. How'd you get that job, anyway? What makes you better than us? I got injured, remember? Ben shot her a glance. Oh, yeah, the shoulder thing. Shoulder thing? That was Rufus. Yeah, right. Rufus. Then. Seeing she was serious, he added, I mean, right, Rufus. He forked a sausage and took a nibble. Cece watched him, concerned. Warner's truck rattled up to the oak tree, brakes whining as it stopped. Warner pounded on the door. Let's go, let's go, Westfield today, people, new breach. The hands moaned and groused as they stood up. Wah, 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 Warner said. Cece took a slug of orange juice and got up to leave. That's my cue. See you, Ben. We'll meet up after, okay? She chucked his shoulder and went over to the dish pit to dump her tray, then headed off toward the hoop house, keeping her head down as she drew a wide beat around Warner's truck. Not so fast, Butch, Warner called. You're back on fence duty. Cece stopped in her tracks. According to who? 
according to me. Mueller leered at her from the passenger seat. He switched his toothpick from one side of his mouth to the other. Does Laszlo know about this? Cece asked. He's expecting me to. Who do you think made the change? One assistant is all he needs. Plus, if you haven't noticed, we're a little short-handed today. Cece put her hands on her hips and ducked her head. She spat on the grass. Fucking Laszlo. She wondered if he knew she'd broken into his little house of horrors. Sucks to suck, don't it? Warner said. Now, if you don't mind. The sun burned off a little of the mist rising from the grass, but the relative cool of the forest left twirling rills of smoky fog that hovered a foot off the ground. The field was so wet with dew that Cece's jeans were soaked through by the time they reached the job site. A familiar scene greeted them. Fallen trees, black mung burns, and a fence carpeted with vines, weeds, and other heady growth. That didn't bother Cece so much as the notable loss of manpower. The crew had been decimated. Chainsaws no longer buzzed in the air. Machetes no longer thwacked at the brush. What noise the remaining workers made felt muted and impotent, like throwing a sandbag on the shore and expecting it to stop the ocean. Shit. They'd started with at least 20 people. Now they were down to 12. Where the fuck is everybody? She asked. Gone, Ben said. Does this always happen? There'll be more. That's not the point. Where do they go? Oh, you know, some of them get hurt like Jake. The rest just leave the way anybody does. He whacked into the thicket covering the fence. A vine whipped out and sliced his arm. It's not exactly glamorous work. Cece thought about the two voices she heard outside her yurt the first night she arrived. Well, where's OSHA in all this? <laughs> Does this place look like it follows OSHA guidelines? Look at who they hire. Cece looked over at Diego. He was on tree duty, hauling the severed branches over to the pile he'd later douse with chemicals and cover with a tarp. Do you know when I got here, me and Harlow were the only white people? Ben said. Everybody else in the crew was from south of the border. Ecuador, El Salvador, Guatemala. So what happened? Ben stopped and looked at her. Do I really have to explain it to you? Sorry I'm not as smart as you, Professor. The election, Cece. The election happened. Now it's the recession. Ever since then, it's been people like you and me. And Jake and Iko. And Harlow. And let me tell you, we don't last very long out here. You have. Yeah, well... They don't exactly have any better offers. By 8 in the morning, the heat index reached 110 degrees. By 9, as if in on some cruel joke, the sun burned off the clouds and beat and beat and beat. Everybody stopped taking scheduled water breaks and drank whenever they felt the need. Cece felt like she was swimming in her clothes. She downed as much water as she could handle, but she just seemed to sweat it right out. At one point, she held up the water jug she'd been drinking from and said, This is almost empty and I haven't had to pee yet. At 10, they all slogged back to the field kitchen to eat and rest in the oak tree's shade, trying not to think about the heat, the work, or the fact that they still had four hours to go. Cece sat with her back on the trunk, taking healthy bites out of a ham sandwich. Ben lay next to her, snoring lightly. She let her head roll to the side and saw Laszlo and Mueller arguing in front of the hoop house. Laszlo gestured, Mueller gestured back. Laszlo jabbed an angry finger at the workers and stomped away. Mueller watched him go, hands on hips. He spat on the ground. Then he headed for the field kitchen. Ben, wake up. Sleeping. Mueller's coming this way. So? It took Mueller less than five minutes to get there. And when he did, he took his hat off and rubbed down his shiny pate with a bandana, glaring at the crew lying around the oak tree. God damn it! Get up off your asses! We don't pay you people to sit around! Ben snorted and sat up, dazed. He started to get to his feet, but Cece pulled on his sleeve. It's our lunch hour, Mueller, she said. What'd you say? She slowed it down for him. It's our lunch hour, 
Who cares if we're sitting or laying down? I care. We're way behind schedule. An hour for lunch means an hour for lunch. Mueller's left eye twitched. Lunch is over. No, it's not. It's over when I say it's over. Get up. Warner know about this? Fuck Warner and fuck you. Get back to work. Nobody moved. Move it, people! All it took was one person to break ranks, and that person was Ben. He stood up with a groan, and the rest followed. Come on, Ben, Cece said, still sitting. This is bullshit. I don't want to get in trouble, Ben said. You should listen to him, little girl, Mueller called. Cece appealed to Harlow, who had been sitting by herself at one of the picnic tables. You gonna let him do this? Above my pay grade, princess. Cece watched as the rest of the workers shambled away from the tree, her head shaking. Oh, I see, Mueller said. We got ourselves a little predicament. You have yourself a predicament, Cece said. She took a bite of her sandwich. I'm eating lunch. Everybody froze, their eyes flicking back and forth between Mueller, imperious, glaring down at Cece, and Cece, legs crossed, trying to appear nonchalant. Mueller looked around, saw them all watching. He nudged Cece's foot. Get up. No. Get up or I'll get you up. No. Mueller leaned over and snatched her sandwich out of her hand. Cece popped up onto her feet before he could blink, standing nose to nose with him. He grabbed her by the throat. Her hand flashed with a knife on her hip. Mueller let out a shuddery breath. Go ahead. Do it. Cece didn't even see him. Didn't see anybody around her. Not Harlow smirking by the dish pit. Not Ben rushing to her side. She was somewhere else entirely. Her thumb flicked the buckle on the sheath. Mueller's eyes widened. E.T. It was Warner stalking toward them. The spell broke. The world rushed in. E.T. Warner yelled again. He'd stopped several feet away. His eyes flicked to Cece's hand resting on the handle of her knife. What the fuck is going on? Mueller and Cece continued their standoff. Mueller blinked first. He released Cece's throat and backed away, hands up, a slick smile playing across his lips. That's two, he said. Warner watched him go, scowling. Then he addressed the crowd. All y'all get back to work! Now! The crowd slowly dispersed, and soon the field kitchen had emptied, leaving all but Cece and Warner. Cece hadn't moved from her spot under the tree. Her hand was still hovering over her knife handle, but it was shaking now. She looked over at Warner. You waiting for a written invitation, Butch? Cece slashed her way through the brush, possessed with the residual anger and adrenaline she wasn't able to get rid of during her confrontation with Mueller. Thorns dug channels in the back of her hands, cut her neck, ripped her shirt. Sparks flew where her machete hit the links of the fence. She cleared a whole section by herself, then turned her attention to the branches of the tree trunk. Ben, who had been watching her, first amused, then concerned, then exasperated, said, Hey, Cece, wait. Cece whacked her way down the trunk, and when she ran out of branches, hacked into the saplings and the brush to the side, then cut her way into the forest. That's not helping, Ben called. Where are you going? A strong, cool wind blew his hair out of his eyes. Black clouds were rolling in from the west. Cece, there's a storm coming! Cece had already moved into the woods, a branch shaking in her wake. Behind Ben, workers shouted and gathered up what gear they could carry. Some covered the heavier equipment with tarps. Warner's truck sped by, bouncing across the fields toward the main house. A jagged bolt of lightning shot down from above. Ben started to count. He reached 11 when the thunder boomed. Cece! Another gust of wind rushed through the leaves, another flash in the sky, followed by the distant rumble of thunder. Then he heard it. Cece's voice. Faint, farther away than he expected, but definitely her voice. Ah, shit. God damn it. 
Gripping his machete, he ran into the forest. Hey, 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 Mungwort, the sequel to MPK is out right now in ebook, paperback, hardcover, and audiobook. I'm not going to read all of the places it's available online, but I'm sure wherever you are in the world as you listen to this, it is available. And if you still can't get it, go to silverhammer.studio and click on the contact me button and I'll see if I can get it out to you directly. Most likely I can. Can't wait to hear it? Don't want to go chapter by chapter? Pick up Mungwort today. And now, back to Mad Tales. Everything inside him wanted to find shelter, but the point was moot. Running through the woods in the middle of a thunderstorm might have been stupid, but at least it wasn't as stupid as running across an open field in the middle of a thunderstorm. Cece! he cried. Where the fuck did you go? A clap of thunder answered him. Cece! Something struck him behind his right knee, and he screamed as he went down. A hand slapped over his mouth, a harsh whisper in his ear. Shut up! Ben bit the hand and screamed. Oh my god! Oh my god! Ben, it's me, you idiot! It was Cece. She was squatting next to a fallen tree, her face and arms covered in dirt and mud. Cece? Shh! What are you doing down- Cece put him in a headlock and reclamped her dirty hand over his mouth, then motioned with her eyes. On your right! Ben followed the look. At first he saw nothing. Tree trunks, underbrush, vines and thicket. Rain padded on the leaves above. What am I looking at? He whispered. Shrub. Ten yards. Ben narrowed his eyes focused. The rain picked up, the wind picked up, another bolt of lightning flashed in the sky, and in a strobe light effect, a round thing with tentacles sticking out of it scurried out of the brush and zipped across his field of vision. Ben backpedaled, throwing Cece off and holding his machete out in front of him. What the fuck was that? Shut up and follow me. Cece threw herself down on her belly and wiggled under the fallen tree. When he didn't follow her, she stuck her head out. Ben! She discovered a kind of makeshift shelter. It was little more than a depression in the ground bordered on one side by the tree's thick trunk and a wall of dirt on the other. A litter of branches crisscrossed overhead, just thick enough to block the rain. Ben almost felt safe. They squatted in the hole, facing each other, gripping their machetes, eyes searching the cracks between the sticks. The outline of the tree swayed back and forth as a storm passed through. It was gone in a few minutes, an unnerving peace settling in its wake. Birds tweeted as they flitted from branch to branch, thunder rumbled in the distance. And when they spoke, it was in muted whispers. What are we doing? Ben asked. Hiding from that thing. I know, but what are we going to do when it finds us? Kill it, you idiot. Okay. Maybe we won't have to. Maybe it's gone. Maybe. What is it? I think it's something Laszlo made. Something Laszlo made? Cece side-eyed him. I'll explain later. It looked like a face with tentacles. Yeah, that pretty much describes it. Are you fucking kidding? Cece clamped her hand over his mouth a third time. Ben huffed through her fingers. They stared at each other with wide eyes. Something was shifting in the leaves around their hideout. Dirt sifted through the entry where Cece had dragged Ben, and a tentacle slithered in after. Ben's breathing grew heavier. The tentacle perked up at the sound. Another followed. Cece held up her machete with her free hand, tilted her head at the blade, and removed the hand she'd clamped over Ben's mouth. Ben nodded and raised his machete. But the tip scraped a rock, pushing out of the dirt. The tentacle struck. Ben fell back and lashed out with his blade. Fluid sprayed out of the severed end. The second tentacle zipped back up. The dead leaves on the branches above them rattled. 
A tentacle darted down to Ben's left. He dodged to the right. Another shot straight down towards his head. He shrank aside. A third jutted down at his foot. Ben kicked it out of the way. The fourth one got him, though. It pierced the canopy and punctured his shoulder with a wet splat. A fifth tentacle shot through and latched onto his cheek. A sixth planted itself in his chest. They pulsed and pumped. Black fluid spilled out of the corner of each orifice, ugly and viscous, leaving sizzling red trails. Ben cut the one in his chest in half, grabbed the one on his cheek and ripped it away. Cece whipped out her knife and slashed the one in his shoulder. The thing above them squealed. The ends wiggled in the air, spraying their dark mischief. Cece launched herself out of the makeshift cover, dead branches cracking, dead leaves flying. The monster was already rolling away, spraying black bile, but she brought her knife down, swift and sure, and spiked it through the skull. It squealed again, weaker this time. A lame tentacle waved at her. Cece held her machete up, holding the monster in place with her knife. She lifted the machete high in the air and paused, letting the monster track the blade. You see this? she asked. The beast mewled. Cece brought the machete down as hard as she could. It chunked into the monster's skull with a splat. In the moments that followed, all she could hear was the dripping of the rain as it fell from the limbs above and Ben's gasping breaths as he struggled to take air. Ben! she cried. He'd collapsed against the dirt wall, legs splayed out before him, hands shaking in his lap. A portion of a tentacle hung limply from his cheek. I don't feel good. Leaves crunched out in the woods, the sound of something rolling across the forest bed. No, more than one thing. Several things. Ben, come on, we've got to go. I can't move. The rolling things grew nearer. Get up! Cece hopped down behind him and tried to haul him up by the armpits. Fuck, Ben, you've got to help me! Ben's eyes rolled white. Cece tore out the piece of tentacle stuck to his cheek. His eyes flew open, and he let out a weak moan. Get up! Dude, he rasped. That fucking hurts. It's going to hurt a whole lot more if you don't get up. She peeked out over the top of the shelter, movement in the brush surrounding them. A head popped up in the distance. More were on the way. They stumbled through the woods, Ben leaning heavily on Cece, Cece scanning the area, looking for the familiar path. The heads rolled on behind them. Ben, come on! I can't! A head bounced out of the brush to Cece's right and sailed over them. Another one snapped a tentacle at her foot and caught her ankle. Cece whipped it forward as she ran, smashing it against a stump. Ben swatted a third out of the air with his machete, knocking it into a pricker bush. Cece, Ben gasped. I have to stop. Just a little farther, man. Come on! Ben's legs gave out, and he fell flat on his face. Shit! Cece pulled on his arm. Ben! Come on! He lay there, motionless. She stepped over him and straddled his body, knives out. A trio of heads rolled up the path, tentacles whipping as they sped for them. Cece didn't have time to get scared. She didn't have time to laugh at the ridiculousness of the situation. She only had time to react. The head streaked forward. Cece bounced on her toes. They were a foot away when, with a growl, a furry form jumped out of the bush. Cece took a startled step back. It was a dog. A golden dog with sharp teeth and muscular jaws. It took a moment for her to realize who it was. Sacha? Sacha chomped down on one head and shook it, growling. The thing squealed and its tentacles flailed. And Sacha threw it up in the air and pounced on the second one and mauled that one to a pulp. When she finished, she snapped her bloody muzzle up from the morass of brain and bone, ears perked, to look for the third head, but it was long gone. Sacha danced around Cece as she dragged a still unconscious Ben to the edge of the mineral pool, nipping at her heels. Ow! Stop it, girl! Sacha barked and sneezed. Did you get bit too? Another bark. Well, go on then. With a snort, Sacha sprinted down the path. A few seconds later, Cece heard the telltale splash as the dog jumped into the pool. When she finally dragged Ben to the edge, she didn't even pause. 
She pulled his arm over her head, spun him around, and shoved. He sank like a tank. She jumped in after. Later, Ben stretched out on the bank on his back, eyes staring blankly at the canopy above. The water lapped up against the dirt with hypnotic repetition. Cece sat next to him, water dripping from her hair. Sacha lays nearby, her head on her paws. What's in that pool? Ben asked. He put his fingers up to his neck and felt around the place where he'd been bitten. You should have brought me here earlier. My hemorrhoids have been killing me. No, seriously, why haven't you told anybody about this place? Ben asked. I don't know. I didn't think anybody believed me, I guess. But, Jake. Cece picked at a tuft of grass between her legs, flicked it into the brush. I don't think it would have helped. He needed to go to the hospital. Are you sure? No. So what are those things? The heads? No, the trees. Yes, the heads! I mean, what the fuck, Cece? You're actually surprised? That I was attacked by heads with tentacles sprouting out of them? Yeah! You do know how fucked up this place is, right? Ben propped himself up on his elbow. I worked at a pizza place one summer in high school. It was hot, the customers blew, the manager was an ass. It was kind of like working here except for one thing. There weren't any tentacle head monsters trying to bite my face off! I know, that's what I'm talking about. I don't know what that means. What are you talking about? I fought two of them off before, down in the basement of the hoop house. What? Why didn't you tell anyone? Oh, sure. Like anybody'd listen to me. Hey, guys, how was your day? Oh, by the way, Laszlo's growing tentacle heads in the hoop house. That's a good point, Cece. I'm just saying. The mungwort? What the fuck is mungwort? Have you ever heard of something called mungwort? I've heard of mugwort. That's tea. Tea doesn't leave toxic burns on the ground or melt people's faces. As far as we know, Ben said. Cece's face fell flat. Sorry, Ben added. Ben, I need you to take this seriously. I am taking it seriously. This is how I take things seriously. I make jokes. Well, it doesn't feel like it. I am. Trust me. Cece glanced at him. Ben, you said you were here for a while before I showed up, right? Feels like years ago now. How long, though? How long were you actually here? Who knows? At least a month. The other workers, the ones who were here before, did you know any of them? Yeah, a few. I came in at the tail end of a new crew, though, so there weren't many that I got to know really well. Did you... Did you know a guy named Eddie? Eddie? Yeah, Eddie Edwards, tall, kind of lanky, mid-forties. That's awfully specific. Well, I'm looking for him. Why? Cece took a moment to consider what she was going to say next. Should she lie? Tell the truth? How should she go about either? In the end, she chose the latter, albeit an abbreviated version. He's, he's my father. He went missing. The last thing I got from him was a postcard postmarked from Fredericksburg. He said he was working on a magic farm. She snorted. Ben turned his head to look at her, appraising her expression. I can't remember anybody named Eddie Edwards. Sorry. It's okay. Shot in the dark. You could ask Harlow. She got here a month before I did. Cece's jaw tightened. How much longer are you going to stay here now? She asked. You know, after this? I don't know. I guess I can leave whenever I want. I should have about five grand saved up. They haven't paid me for the second half of the month yet, though. You just got attacked by a face with tentacles. Cece jabbed her finger at the pond. I saved your life by pushing you into a magic pond. Do you really want to stick around for a paycheck? It's a couple thousand bucks. If I was you... I'd get out of here as fast as I could. Sacha, who'd been dozing in a patch of sun with her chin on her paws, snapped awake, 
alert, ears pointed. With a growl, she popped up off the ground and jumped away into the brush. Ben clapped the dirt off his hands and stood up. Maybe we should. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mad Tales. Don't forget that Mungwort is out in ebook, paperback, hardcover, and audiobook. Listen to these awesome reviews of Mungwort. Joe Edwards says, Wow, this book kept my attention. You can really get into the characters. Noel really brings them and the scenery to life like you're really there and going through what these characters are going through and feeling. I love the way he writes. I almost felt like I was watching a movie, which would be a really good one. I love the ending. Well done, James Noel. Well done. Kevin R. Johnson states, Great believable characters, evil goons, badass female heroes, unexpected twists, gory sci-fi, awesome ending, loved it. My all-time favorite of Noel's books. Another Amazon reviewer states, Holy mackerel, this is the first book I've read by James Noel and it has me lost for words. Terrifying, exciting, twisted, and totally unique. It has very well-developed characters and is set in some sort of labor camp that's being attacked by the surrounding forest itself. And finally, Marie Isabel states, As a hiker, the plant-based creepies gave me the willies. That's all for now. Thank you for tuning into Mad Tales, and I will see you next week. survived another episode of Mad Tales.